Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, God Gave Him Another Heart. It shall be focused on the study of 1 Samuel chapter 10. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you to see here, Lord, that you gave Samuel another heart, and that made him a different person. For your scriptures tell us that you will take away the stony heart, and Father, you will give us a new heart, and Father, you will take away our spirit, but you will give us a new spirit, and then you will give us your spirit. Oh, Father, may you work the process of salvation inside of our hearts and our souls. And may any of our ideas be laid to the side that you might take full preeminence. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 1 Samuel chapter 10. Chapter 10. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses, and sorroweth for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. And there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee, and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. After that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tabret, and a pipe, and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. And let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings, and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee, and show thee what thou shalt do. And it was so, that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it came to pass, when all that knew him before time saw that, Behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that is come under the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And one of the same place answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb, Is Saul also among the prophets? And when he had made an end of prophesying, he came to the high place. And Saul's uncle said unto him and to his servant, Whither went ye? And he said, To seek the asses. And when we saw that they were nowhere, we came to Samuel. And Saul's uncle said, Tell me, I pray thee, what Samuel said unto you. And Saul said unto his uncle, He told us plainly that the asses were found. But of the matter of the kingdom, whereof Samuel spake, he told him not. 
And Samuel called the people together unto the Lord to Mizpah, and said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt, and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all kingdoms, and of them that oppressed you. And ye have this day rejected your God, who himself saved you out of all your adversities and your tribulations. And ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken, and Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. And they ran and fetched him thence. And when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye him whom the Lord hath chosen, that there is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king! Then Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom, and wrote it in a book, and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. And Saul also went home to Gibeah, and there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. But the children of Belial said, How shall this man save us? And they despised him, and brought him no presents, but he held his peace. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Rejected King. This was preached in 1960 on May the 15th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 40 up to paragraph 86. I trust you find it to be a blessing. Now, if I should try to choose from this this morning what I would call a text for the next few minutes, I would like to choose the text of the rejected king. It was a time that is in all times that people has never wanted God to lead them. They want their own way of leadership. And this story this morning, and when you go to your home, it would be good for you to read it all the way through. It was during the time of the, the days of Samuel, the man of God, the prophet. And he had been a just man and a good man, honorable, reputable, true and honest with the people, never deceiving them and telling them nothing but straight, thus saith the Lord. But the people had come to a place where they wanted to change this program. They had looked upon the Philistines and the Amalekites, Amorites, Hatites and the other nations of the world and they had seen that they had kings that ruled them and governed them and guided them and fought their battles and 
so forth. And this seemed to be that Israel wanted to pattern themselves like these kings and like these people. But it has never been in any age God's intention for His people to act like the people of the world or to be governed or controlled like the people of the world. God's people is always has been a, a peculiar people, a different people, a called out, a separated, an altogether different in their action, in their ways, in their manner of living than what the peoples of the world has. Their appetites for things. And all that their makeup is has been always contrary to the things that the people of the world desire. <clears throat> and the people of Israel came to Samuel and said, Now you are getting old and your sons do not walk in your way. Because they wasn't true like Samuel. They were bribers and takers of money. And they said, Samuel, your boys is not like you, so we want you to go out and to find us a king and anoint him and make us a people like the rest of the peoples of the world. And Samuel tried to tell them that that would not work. He said, if you do that, the first thing you know, you'll find that he'll call all your sons from your home and make soldiers out of them to run before his chariot and bear armors and spears. Not only that, but he'll call your daughters to make bakers of bread and take them away from you to feed the army. And said, besides all that, he'll take a certain taxes off of you, of your grain and all your income. He'll tax all of that to make certain government uh, uh, debts and so forth that'll have to be paid. He said, I think you are altogether making a mistake. But when the people said, but we still want to be like the rest of the people. There's something about men and women that they long to be like one another. And there has only been one man ever lived on earth that was our example. That was the one that died for us all. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was a perfect example of what we should be always about the Father's business and doing that which is right. And no matter how much that Samuel tried to persuade the people continually, they went after him day and night. We want a king. We want a man. 
We want a man that we can say, This is our guide. And that has never been the will of God. It never was the will of God or never will be the will of God for man to rule over one another. God rules over man. God is our ruler, our king. And it's a very, very much of a peril of today because that man seems to have that same idea. They don't seem to be able to grasp that God still rules man instead of man ruling man. So they chose themselves a man named Saul, which was the son of Kish. And he was a reputable man, an honorable man. But he suited the people just right because he was a great, tall, noble statue of a man. The Scripture said he was head and shoulders above any man in Israel. He was kingly looking and he was handsome in the face. He was a brilliant and an extraordinary man. Now, that's the kind of man that the people like to choose today. The people does not seem to be satisfied with the way that God placed His church to be governed and controlled by the Holy Spirit. They want somebody, some man, some denomination, some certain peoples to govern the church that they're not able to throw themselves completely into God's hand to be spiritual, to be led by the Holy Spirit. They want somebody to do their religion for them. Somebody that will tell them just how to do it and all about it. So this man seemed to suit the place exactly because he was a very intellectual man. And it's a whole lot like today. We like to choose such people too to control our churches. To control the church of God. Nothing that I have to say against it. But just merely to make a point that it is not, it was not, and it will never be the will of God for such to be. God is to rule His people to govern each individual. (laughs) Then we find that this son of Kish, great man, and and his statue, and his he seemed to suit the people that his robe upon him would look great, and the crown on his head weighing above all the other people as he walked would be a a real asset to the kingdom of Israel. For the other kings of the other nations would think, look what a man, 
how they could point their finger and say, Looky here, what a great king we got. Look what a great man that's over us. And sad to say, but how true it is today with the church. They love to say our pastor is not a narrow-minded man. He is a great man. He is a graduator from Hartford or some great school of theology. He has four degrees out of so-and-such a place. And he's a very good mixer amongst the people. All that may be all right and have its place, but God's way for His church is to be led by the Holy Ghost and by His Spirit. But they like to say that we have this great denomination that we belong to. We have started back in the early pioneer days when we were in the minority, just a very few people and small. And now we have grown until a place that we are among the largest denominations there is. We have the best schools and the best educated ministers. We have the best dressed crowds and the most intellectual people of the city attends our denomination. And we give to charity and we do good deeds and all such and nothing at all. God forbid that I should speak one word against that. For that is all good. But still it isn't the will of God that man should rule over man. God sent on the day of Pentecost the Holy Ghost to rule in man's hearts and rule in his life. It was not meant for man to rule over man. But we love to say that. It's a very outstanding thing when we can say we belong to such a great organization. Are you a Christian? That's how I fell upon this text. When I was at the hospital. And I would ask one, are you a Christian? I belong to such and such. Are you a Christian? I belong to such and such. And a little nurse came into the bedside where I was reading the Bible and she was a, a new nurse on the floor and she said, how do you do? She said, I believe that you're Reverend Branham here for a, a physical checkup. I said, I am. And she said, may I rub your back, uh, uh, make you feel a little better with the alcohol? And I said, you may do it. And while she was rubbing on my back, she said, uh, what denomination of church do you belong to? And I said, oh, I belong to the oldest denomination that there is. And she said, what denomination is that? I said, it's the one that was organized before the world was ever organized. And Oh, she said, what? I don't believe I know just that. She said, I belong to a certain church. Is it that organization? I said, no, ma'am. <clears throat> that was only about 200 years ago, that organization. But this organization started 
When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy, when they seen the coming of a Savior to redeem mankind, and she just stopped rubbing my back and I was stooped a little over this way so the lady could rub. And she was from near Carden down here and we got to talking. And she said, Sir, I've always believed that if God ever was God, He's still God today just like He was in the old days. She said, Though my church flatly denies that, but I believe that it is the truth. Amen. And I said, you're not far from the kingdom of Amen. God, young woman. She said, if he ever was a healer, isn't he still a healer? I said, he most certainly is, my sister. But man wants to rule and rule over man, and man wants man to rule over him. He doesn't want to have God to rule. So this son of Kish, Saul by name, was just the answer to what they had wanted. The great stately man and the oh, he could just lead them to their battles and so forth. But still, it wasn't God's way of doing things. God wanted his faithful old prophet to direct them and speak His words to them. Now today in our great church age that we live in, we I think and believe this with all my heart that we have exactly gone by subversive from what God ordained us to do. The last words of our Savior was in Mark 16, said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with the new tongue. And if they should take up serpents or drink deadly things, it would not harm them. And if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. There is not a man. There is no son of Kish or no one else can produce that outside of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But we have made schools. We have made seminaries and made organizations to, to satisfy and to look like the rest of the world. Now, the Holy Spirit used to be the leader in this nation. This nation used to be governed when back in, when they wrote up the Declaration of Independence. And there was an extra chair sitting there. There is not one speck of doubt in my mind but what the Son of God said at that table. Amen. When this nation was founded upon the principles of freedom of religion and freedom to all and upon the basis of 
God's eternal word. But we have corrupted that. Politics, we have voted men in there under buying and selling and promises of falsehood until our nation and our politics and our democracy is so polluted until it's, it's interwoven with communism and all kinds of isms. And many times we call into the sessions for prayer when leagues of nations meet and there are to have discussions. And in one certain great time recently, there was not even one time call for prayer. How are we ever going to settle differences without prayer? How can we ever expect in all the world to ever do anything without the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But let me say this with love and respects to our nation and to its flag and to the republic for which it stands. We have rejected our leader, the Holy Spirit, and through corrupt politics have brought in Man, a perverse mind. And if you don't watch, they're going to make one of the most fatal mistakes they've ever made right now. It's because that the people are desiring man to rule. What we need in the capital of this United States as a president, what we need in Congress what we need in our halls of justice is men who have consecrated their lives yes. to God and are yes. filled with the Holy Ghost and are led by His divine direction. But instead of that, we choose men of intellectual, men who have forms of godliness and deny the power of God. Men who are atheists and sometimes even worse than that. We brought into our political rims of our nation. Not only that, but in our churches. Our churches have become corrupt upon the basis that we in choosing our shepherds to lead us. We have gone to the seminaries and have selected man that's great intellectual giants. Man who are very brilliant in mind. Man who has scholarships and are great mixers amongst the people and are great men in the neighborhood which I have nothing to say against. Men who are kind in their ways of walk, careful in their ways of life, and how they conduct themselves among other men and among people, great men in their fields, which I do not speak evil of. God forbid that my spirit would ever be that evil. But still, that isn't what 
God chose for us. Amen. It's the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ in the heart of man. Many of those intellectual men that stands in our pulpit deny the real existence of the Holy Ghost. Many of them deny the existence of divine healing and the power of the Spirit. I was reading an article yesterday, I believe it was, a series of newspaper clippings from Jack Cole, the late Jack Cole, one of my converts to the Lord Jesus, who was a mighty man of valor in his day. I was called to question down in Florida because of asking a young child to remove its braces from its legs and to walk across the platform. And upon doing so, the child walked across the platform normally and fell when it got to its mother, all being a setup of the enemy of Christ. This young woman and her husband brought our gallant brother into the courts of the land. And whenever church ought to stood by Brother Jack, whenever church man that mentions the name of Jesus Christ should have stood by his side gallantly, every man that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus should have fell to their knees in prayer. But instead of that, across the headlines of the papers, one of our great denominations said they joined hands with the atheists to condemn and prison Brother Jack Cole. Could you imagine a church calling themselves the name of Christ? would join hands with an atheist to condemn a godly man who was trying with all of his heart to stand for the Bible. But they did it. And then Brother Gordon Lindsay was at the rescue and when the unbelieving judge said, this man is a fraud because he taken the braces from that child and sent him across the platform and said he was healed. And he lied. And he did something contrary to the doctor's orders. Therefore, he has a defrauded case against him. And Mr. Cole raised up and he said, Sir, I defy that statement. God healed the boy. And the judge said, I will ask any man in this court if that statement could be true that God could heal that boy on one end of the platform and let him be sick on the other end. If that statement can be proved by the Bible, then I say Mr. Cole has a right for his statement. And our minister raised his hand and he said, Your Honor, sir, may I state it? 
And the judge said, stayed on. And the minister stood to his feet and said, one night on a rocking sea. When a little ship was about to go to the bottom. All hopes of being saved was gone. They saw Jesus, the Son of God, come walking on water. And one of the apostles by the name of Peter said, If that be you, Lord, bid me come to you on the water. And he said, the Lord said to the apostle Peter, Come on. And he stepped out of the boat, sir, walking just as good as Jesus was walking on the water. But when he got scared, he began to sink before he got to Jesus. The judge said the case is dismissed. Amen. We need Holy Spirit leadership. Amen. Not intellectual man. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word. Father, we lay our hearts down before you, Lord, that you might take them and use them for your own will. May you fashion our nature, our minds, and every part of our being to be in your image. We cannot wait for that great redemption day where you shall take your bride away. Until then, help us to be ready. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
a dream, a veil of tears, things of this world, oh Lord, I resign, Lord, give me a heart like mine, come to my soul. Blessed Jesus, my Lord, hear me, O Savior divine. Open the fountain and cleanse me, Lord, hear